0: Welcome to the Reality Escape Pod, your lifeline when you need a getaway from the real world. I'm David Spira, alongside my co-host, PG Law. Together, we're exploring immersive gaming from all angles, and we'll be joined by guests who really know their stuff. Today, with episode zero, it's just going to be PG and I. We're starting off by getting to know each other and allowing you a chance to get to know us. So welcome, PG.
1: Hi, David. I am so excited to go on this journey with you.
0: Likewise. This has been a long time in the making, and we've kind of been talking about doing this for a little while now, so it's it's just exciting to dive in and get started with episode zero.
1: (laughs) David and I can sit and talk for hours and hours about escape rooms, immersive gaming, all of it. So I figured we might as well turn it into a podcast.
0: Yeah, that was kind of the the rationale there. And the craziest part about this is that we've never actually met in real life.
1: (laughs) I can't believe it. I mean, to be fair, from the minute we met, we always got along super well. and, And it always feels like we know each other really well. But we have not actually physically met before.
0: No, we've been on a bunch of podcasts together. We've been talking about this stuff for ages. We worked together on the Room Escape Artist Mind Reviews, and you were a big part of the Reality Escape Convention this year that we were hosting. And we were supposed to have met in March before the apocalypse happened. So PG, for those who do not know you, let's tell the world a little about who you are.
1: Well, my name is PG Law and I was most I'm probably most well known for having been on the reality show Survivor. So, I was a contestant on Survivor China that is season 15 and I came back again and played on an All Stars season of Survivor. That was called Survivor Second Chance. That was season Thirty-one. So I'm most well known for that. uh, But I am also a huge escape room fan. I'm a fan of immersive theater, all these things. That's my background. David, what do you do?
0: In my regular life, I'm a user experience designer. I design software and I do it sometimes for really like critical stuff, stuff that people have to use when they are in a dire situation and their focus isn't necessarily on the software. When I started playing Escape Rooms, it was 2014 and I kept bumping into people who were saying, well, these are brand new. No one knows what to do here. Anything goes. And I kept looking at them and saying, I love this. I love this so much. All I want to do is play these games, but they could be better. You know, there's three decades of, knowledge that had been accumulated in this user experience design world that I've been immersed in. And I said, well, what if we just applied UX design principles to escape rooms? I think they'd be better. And that's where Room Escape Artist started. And it spiraled out from there. My wife and I, Lisa, we created this website and we created a directory for all of the escape rooms in the United States. And we thought this was going to be just like a small little side project that we would do. We'd put out a post or two a month and we thought one day escape rooms were gonna be a big deal. We weren't right about the timing. I thought it would be like six, seven years of us being this niche nerdy underground thing. But within about three months of us starting Room Escape Artists, the site started growing exponentially, the number of companies started growing exponentially. We started getting phone calls from Newsweek and CBS. It just kind of started taking over our lives.
1: I am so impressed that you guys post daily. Like, I don't know if there's any one thing that I do in my life that you could that I even do as often as you guys do with posting.
0: We work very far ahead. We have a lot of content that's always scheduled at any given point. We, ha- we have usually between two and six weeks worth of content that is queued up and ready to go. If a meteor were to crash on our home and no one ever heard from us again, Room Escape Artist would at least publish for a few more weeks.
1: You guys, you guys are so well organized. It's, it's, it's really impressive.
0: It's Lisa.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that's, but I feel like that is so good. And you need all that, especially with doing these types of gamings, right? Like, because a lot of these games, it's like information overload, you get so much thrown at you. And you've always have to have that one person who is good with organizing things. These clues have already been used. We'll put them over here. These all look like they go together. We'll put them here in this space, you know? It's
0: <laughs> and we can definitely take turns on it. But when it comes to like actual discipline, Lisa's the disciplined one. I'm the creative one off in space. And and she she keeps me grounded and tethered and keeps all of our projects and all of the things that we do just just tethered to reality and what we can actually accomplish given the time and and resources that we have
1: yeah she's she's the real secret weapon here
0: (laughs) no joke
1: uh i mean gosh were you hooked the first time you played like the first time i played in escape room we did three in a row and i was like i want to do more
0: (laughs) oh gosh so this is this is the really the question i had for you is because we haven't actually talked about this but i really wanted to know what your escape room secret origin
1: is Oh, we have? I feel like we've talked about this. I don't think we have. I've always loved these types of games. I played them on computers. I play like, you know, those kind of adventure games that are kind of escape room-like. I've liked that kind of stuff. Uh, I've always maintained that Survivor is the world's largest immersive game. I've always liked scavenger hunts, all those things. Everything that, that goes into making a good escape room, puzzles. Like, I've liked all those separate elements. And I just hadn't played one before. I didn't really have a lot of friends that were into it. But finally, actually, the person who took me to my first escape room is this guy, Miles Nye. And he works on Survivor. He consults for the challenge crew. So he helps them with creating, designing, refining the puzzles and challenges for Survivor. He was friends with my friend Max, who was also on another season of Survivor. And so he took me to my first room and he actually also has a company where he, you know, designs team building experiences that are very escape room like and games and things like that. It was a pleasure going with him. He sat down and he was like, "Okay, these are my tips for how to successfully navigate an escape room. And, you know, he led me through all these things. Like, first, I like to go through and if you find a lock, you call it out, you call out what kind of combination it needs. And then if you find like numbers or combinations, you'll also call that out. If you find anything, please put it all in a center pile. So it's good that he gave me this whole escape room 101 for beginners. Unfortunately, the room that he took me to was called Pandora's at the time. And it was owned by a company called Countdown, which is now bought into the whole 60 Out franchise here in Los Angeles, California. Pandora's was top five hardest, longest rooms in LA at the time.
0: It's a really hard game, (laughs) and it was even harder in the early days.
1: Yeah, so that was probably back in like, I would say maybe, I venture to guess 2017. This was like a 10-person room, and there were only three of us. We failed. We did not finish that one in time, but we did two more right after that back-to-back. Those ones, we won both of those. And to this day, I think even out of all the escape rooms I've done, that is one of two rooms that I've ever failed. But thanks, Miles, for taking me to a super hard room on my first time. But um, I-, I-, I love that it was such a challenge, actually. I'm glad I started with something that was harder and not like super easy, you know?
0: I get that. For me, I found escape rooms because I was planning a trip to Budapest with a childhood friend of mine. I was looking at TripAdvisor to try and figure out what we should do while we were in Budapest. And one of the top rated things to do there was something called claustrophilia. And it had a ton of five star ratings. And I said, well, that name warrants further investigation. And I clicked on it and it described an escape room. I'd never heard of this idea before. And I immediately fell in love because like you, I grew up playing adventure games and Zelda and... You know, I, I just, I love, I love mysteries and I love, you know, I love puzzle games. So I, I was in love with this idea even before, before I played one. I texted my friend and we both agreed we'd go and play this in Budapest. And then I went about my, my day. I was laying in bed that night and I thought, I don't want to wait until I'm in Budapest in like four months. I want to go and do this now. And if there's one of these escape room things in in, in Budapest, there should be one in New York City. That's my what I call my entitled New Yorker moment. I Googled and up came Escape the Room, the first escape room east of San Francisco. They had one game called The Office and I booked out the entire room. I called up a whole bunch of friends and I said, hey, we're going to go do a thing. It's going to cost $28. It's going to take about an hour and a half. I think it's safe and I think it'll be fun. Don't ask what it is. I'm just going to give you an address to show up to. And almost all of them agreed with that little information. I gave them the address of a nearby Cajun restaurant. We had lunch. I took them over to the escape room. They didn't know what we were doing until we walked into the lobby. This was a rugged game. It was literally, it was called The Office. It was in someone's actual office. The company, Escape the Room, was bringing their props in and out at the every day after it stopped being like a functional office
1: must have been realistic at least
0: (laughs) yeah uh, it looked like a crappy new york office (laughs) (laughs) i walked in and from the first second i just i fell in love i remember i looked across the room and there was a fishbowl with a little treasure chest in it i just remember i rolled up my sleeve it just stuck my hand right in opened up the treasure chest (gasps) couldn't get enough i had so much fun we did win narrowly it was a very hard game a couple days later i I met lisa in a bar i was telling her about this crazy puzzle game thing that i had done and she said that sounded cool and so i asked for her number
1: oh my oh wait so that that's what you you use to pick up your wife Yep. (laughs) that makes me love you guys and lisa so much more wow yep Oh my gosh. That's that's awesome. You were like, this is the girl. This is the gal for me.
0: <laughs> There's no exaggeration there. Like that was that was really how it went down. And uh, but we had to wait months before she could play her first game because we needed another game to open in New York.
1: There was only one Oh, so there was literally only one room at the time.
0: Yeah, at the time that I played, it was literally there was just one. We had to go to San Francisco or Seattle if we wanted to play a second at that point in time or, or, or a different country. They hadn't proliferated at all. There were three companies and like four games between them all.
1: Oh, wow. So did Lisa fall in love with escape rooms her first time also?
0: She did. We did a stupid thing. And that was she also met almost all of my closest friends in her first room I hadn't thought about it. She hadn't thought about it, but it turned it into this high pressure situation where she was like proving her intelligence is how it felt to her. And also having like to make a good impression on my friends and all of that. We we entered this room and all of my friends had played like one other game. So they were all experts. She couldn't keep up with anything. But then she solved the final puzzle.
1: That is so intimidating. David, how could you bring somebody into this situation? Like, not only is it all the friends, they all already know each other and know how to work together. This totally new thing that she has never done before that you guys all have done together.
0: It hadn't occurred to either of us until we were on the we were on the subway, like going there, and we were like, hmm. Maybe this wasn't the best idea. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did I tell you about this story that I read where a company had said they noticed that the same guy kept coming in to play the same room over and over and he had like a different girl each time. And what they realized was that like he was just bringing dates like first he was bringing first dates to these escape rooms and playing the same room over and over so he could impress them with like how smart he was and like how fast he would figure things out.
0: (laughs) We've been hearing variants on this story since almost the beginning of Escape Rooms. And I've heard it from a whole bunch of owners, some of them who I really trust, who have claimed that this has happened to them. <laughs> even at this point, I can't even tell if like, if this is legitimately real or if there's a whole bunch of guys who have pulled this or if it is like urban myth that has, has emerged from Escape Rooms. And the truth <laughs> is, I, I don't care which one it is. I, like, I, I, think, it's, I think it's great either way.
1: I feel like you guys should start a whole section that's just like escape room urban, urban legends. <laughs> we could do that.
0: I accidentally started an escape room urban legend by truly no fault of my own. I accidentally started a rumor that there was a fire in an escape room in the United States that uh, had killed some people. Because I was, I was giving a talk at a convention in Europe. And one of the parts of my talk had always been about how warning owners about really taking fire safety carefully, because I, you know, with the number of escape room companies in existence and the number number of hours that they're operating, at some point, sometime, somewhere, there will be a fire. And my hope is when that happens, that company will have been taking things really seriously, and they will have to have the right precautions in place so that no one gets severely hurt. Because I was saying this on stage somebody who was in the audience who didn't have the firmest grasp of English misunderstood what I was saying and started telling people that they had heard from me that there was this, this deadly fire. And uh, so I was at a different conference a couple of months later and four different people over the course of a couple of hours came up to me to ask me about this fire. And I was like, there was no fire. I ended up going back to my hotel room and I spent hours kind of following leads to to, to try and figure out who, like where this originated. I, I ended up tracking it to its origin, uh, which was a whole, whole silly, silly series of, ev- of events. But yeah, I, I did at one point start an escape room urban legend. Oh my God. Completely unintentional
1: you spent hours doing this forensic sleuthing of the origin story only to discover it was you. It's like this, (laughs) it's like we do episodes where like they pull the mask off of the villain.
0: It It was me all
1: along. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I love that. No, we will definitely, I think you should definitely start to collect these urban legends. I,
0: I feel like we're going to just have to keep doing it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea.
1: <laughs> so David is a big fan of Survivor. It's true. We both did a podcast together.
0: No proscenium.
1: Which covers immersive theater. And so another one of my Survivor friends, Anthony Robinson, I'll give him a shout out, Uh He is involved. He's 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 always and he's always been kind of like on the scene. He got on uh, to Survivor because he was a big larp'er. He does live action role play, and so that's kind of his background. And so he's gotten really involved with No Percentium and immersive theater. And so when they decided to do a was it a side podcast just covering like escape rooms or
0: I had become friends with Anthony through No Pro and initially didn't even realize like i had seen him on survivor like i just didn't make the connection cuz it was it was a long time ago mm-hmm. and we started saying well wouldn't it be interesting to kind of talk about survivor on on no pro and kind of look at it as the immersive experience that it is he was like oh cool I'll, let's do that and i'll i'll, I'll invite pg and that's how we ended up on the same podcast together. And I, I, I was, uh, I was super excited. I was really like trying to do my homework because uh, it, for me it was, it was a really like a crazy experience because I was a big fan of yours when you were playing. And I was like, Aww. don't ask all of the same questions everyone else asks. Don't come across like an idiot fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> and we got on that on that podcast, and just the conversation flowed so effortlessly. Um, it, it was just a ton of fun. And then we ended up doing a second one. And, uh, and then when everything kind of ground to a halt this year, we started the hive mind, which was, we were bringing in a whole bunch of other reviewers from all over the place. We were trying to get a really diverse cast of reviewers. And, uh, so I sent you a message and said like, Hey, would you be interested in doing this thing? And, uh, things kind of went from there.
1: Back in like May of 2020, uh, everything shut down, you know, because of quarantine. And so all these escape rooms suddenly decided to go virtual. I think it was awesome that that some people did it, you know, trying to stay in business, but also providing entertainment for those of us that were stuck at home. But like so many of them sprung up all at once, right? And it was like this whole new world of possibility actually opened up where we could play all these rooms from all over the world, from the comfort of our living rooms. It's not necessarily the same experience, but I think it's its own different thing
0: for us it was kind of like we got hit with this wave of games that technically we could play them all we just didn't have time and we were just kind of freaking out we were saying well how do we do this and we always wanted to bring more people in as writers on room escape artists and we'd always had this inkling that it would be really cool to get multiple people playing the same game under slightly different circumstances or with different perspectives have them all put out their ideas simultaneously in a in a, in a single post having not known what each other was thinking because we had had this idea that like there are extremes like there's amazing stuff that people tend to agree on and there's horrible stuff that people tend to agree on but the middle is a lot more muddy the cool thing about the hive mind has been that those perspectives really show the range of what people enjoy and don't and that it's not always the same it's not homogenized
1: yeah i'm always a little bit shocked when there are some reviews and i'm like i hated this game and everyone else loved it or you know or or vice versa and then it's always mm-hmm. fun to see when there are some games that universally everybody likes or or everybody despises uh and it, it is a pretty diverse group you know sometimes you do have to be a little bit careful mm-hmm. of like everybody jumping out of a bandwagon about what they like or don't like but i don't think we've really seen that
0: yeah there were definitely a couple of games early on when we were still trying to figure out how to work together as a group where there were some bandwagon effects but then we talked to everyone we were like hey you know if you've noticed a niche thing that really irked you, like definitely put it in your review, but maybe like don't get on a call afterwards and dissect every element of the game together. Write something that's a little bit more purely yours. And if you end up saying the same thing as someone else, like that's that's cool. That's fine. Now, the thing is, Once people then read each other's reviews, sometimes it's like, oh, wow, they're right. And I feel like maybe my review was a little off. That doesn't matter because a lot of it is just what you perceived in the moment. And that's the experience you had. Those are the memories you leave with.
1: I always feel bad saying something negative. But at the same time, there was one game I reviewed recently where everybody gave it like a super positive review and i feel like i was the lone hold up i didn't like this and they should have improved this and this mm-hmm. and that, you know all these things and i felt a little bad for kind of not criticizing but it was const- i feel like i was giving constructive <laughs> criticism but i do think it was because i think the owners wrote in and were like you know what actually these are good points and we will actually make some changes because of it so i think it's good for for the owners and the designers to hear these as, as well <laughs> So i try to like make myself feel better
0: that's always been the underlying philosophy for room escape artists that there's no such thing as a perfect game that we try to just approach it from this constructive criticism place it's not meant to be malicious and every once in a while we encounter a game that is just so cynically awful that we feel that the only way to honestly write about it is to just give it a proper thrashing (laughs)
1: you what you have done several times. So you yeah, have done it, on a game. It, it probably <laughs>
0: happens like 1 to 2 times per year. It's it's really not that often. And sometimes and a lot of that is just because we research the games we play pretty heavily for the most part before we play. But Lisa and I have always tried to make sure that we play one atrocious game a year at least just to recalibrate ourselves and keep us from getting too spoiled by the really great stuff.
1: You know, Lisa's been really really good at Editing the reviews, but also like doing a bit of handholding sometimes because she said something to me that always stuck in my mind and I always keep it in mind when I'm writing reviews, which is if you hated this, it's not meant for you and it's not meant for maybe like, you know, super serious enthusiasts, whatever experienced enthusiasts, but who is it meant for? Maybe you can do a recommendation for that. So, okay. Family, Maybe it's, you know, meant for families, maybe younger kids, maybe people that are new. So that's actually been, ever since she said that to me, it recalibrated like the way my brain thinks about these games. And it's helped me to, to hate certain games less.
0: <laughs> that's really how we've always felt about it. And she's so good at coaching people through this. She edits all of the High of Mind reviews. She loves doing it. She loves working with all these other writers. Every once in a while, there's a game where you look at it honestly and you say, you know what? This is for no one. And that's when that's when the gloves come off. Like there's there are times where you're like, okay, it's obnoxiously hard. The puzzles don't make any sense. There's no clue structure. When you ask for a hint, no one answers. It looks like garbage and like no one cared. And like, okay, well, that's for nobody. That's not for children. That's not for inexperienced adults. It's not for experienced players. Like it's just it's not fit for human consumption.
1: Unforgivables, like the. Oh, what was that? What was that one thing? Oh, we just put that in there just to mess with you. Oh my God. (laughs)
0: Yep. Yeah. (laughs) To celebrate the launch of the podcast, we are hosting a giveaway. You can head on over to our Instagram account at Room Escape Artist for details on how to enter. A huge thank you to Exploding Kittens, Perplexers Puzzles, The Wild Optimists, and See You Adventures. You can find information on all of them in the show notes, but all of these folks have something to do with the first few episodes of the podcast, and we're really excited to share all of their wonderful products with you.
1: Is it bad that I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I can rig this giveaway so I can win all these awesome games for myself?
0: P.G., you can't win. It's not allowed.
1: Against the rules. I'm pretty sure rules? it's illegal. <laughs> We have got some awesome games. We've got copies of Exploding Kittens to give away. We've got copies of Throw Throw Burrito. We've also got something called Poetry for Neanderthals, which I I don't know if I've even heard. Have you played that? Have you heard of that?
0: I have not played it. It's one of their newer games. I've been really curious about it, but I haven't actually had a chance. Played a lot of Exploding Kittens and Lisa actually beta tested Throw Throw Burrito and wrecked at it. She's really good at throwing things. (laughs)
1: I'm horrible at throwing things, but I feel like I would be good at poetry for Neanderthals. Don't ask me why it's just a feeling. We've got a bunch of copies of those games. So thank you so much to Alon Lee perplexers puzzles. They make replicas of survivor challenges. They're really, really high quality. He makes them all himself. They are really realistic. I've got a couple, they're great for the coffee table.
0: For me, it's really fun as someone who's never played but is constantly watching these challenges and thinking, I wonder how I do with that. Um, I can find out. And sometimes the answer is really good. And sometimes the answer, not so good.
1: A lot of these are kind of more like almost like carnival type games. There's a lot of dexterity challenges. He was so kind enough to send both me and David a copy of the same challenge, which is basically this snake And there are little marbles that you have to maneuver down the track of the snake, but there's no track. You just have to balance it and then maneuver them into these little divots. And this is based on a real challenge that we did have to play out there. And David and I have not played it yet. We are planning to go head to head at some point and see who wins.
0: We're going to do this in a live stream and it'll be humiliating for all involved.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can't wait.
0: Juliana and Ariel, the wild optimists, the creators of the first Escape Room in a Box, they've just become big time game designers now. They're making all sorts of stuff from social deduction games like Hello Neighbor to continuing the product line of Escape Room in a Box. And they are giving us stuff to play with as well. So we'll be sending that your way.
1: And from CU Adventures, we've got a few codes for their digital escape games. Now, I just played them recently, and they are so much fun. These guys are amazing designers.
0: We loved all of the games that they've made. Lost Temple was one of the Golden Lock Award winners for this past year. As soon as I can take a proper road trip, Lisa and I are getting in a car, and we are driving out to Champaign-Urbana to play their stuff in real life
1: make sure that you guys check that out we will have all the details in our show notes on the website
0: you can find all the show notes on roomescapeartist.com up in the navigation you'll find the word podcast click on that and it'll get you on your way
1: thank you guys so much big thank you to all of our sponsors we really appreciate your support why don't we move on and talk about recon yeah
0: let's do that because that was where we really started to like properly work together
1: yeah so do you want to talk a little bit about what what the heck is recon yeah
0: so the reality escape convention or recon this is the escape room convention that room escape artist put on this past year it was supposed to be in boston but that didn't happen on account of 2020
1: like an actual in-person convention right
0: yeah with a venue at the marriott it's all going to be pretty and shiny and we ended up having to cancel the real life version in may we pivoted to doing an online version we began kind of reimagining how you can build a convention experience through digital mediums and we started going to all these other conventions online and hating most of them and just keeping copious notes about like what worked and what didn't what came out was two days in august of digital content a little over a dozen talks they were all pre-recorded and Edited and we refined them as much as we possibly could. We had a digital convention hall built in Discord. We had web pages for every single one of our vendors and sponsors. We had an army of a few dozen volunteers who were there helping keeping everything running, moderating stuff, and checking people in. And it was this giant beast. We had over 900 people from, I think, 63 countries attend. And we were looking for someone to host the live Q&As that we're going to follow afterwards. And well, why not PG?
1: So basically, the structure of this, the way it worked was they had speakers come on and they all did these kind of pre-recorded videos that were followed by a live Q&A. So I hosted that live Q&A session, uh, drawing on questions from the audience. And it was super fun. You guys are the most organized team. I have ever met with i could not believe how you managed to keep all of these moving parts in place it was massive and it was run so incredibly smoothly it it, it was so impressive i just could not believe that you guys really i mean i was really dubious (laughs) about an online convention we were too (laughs) i've gone to a lot of conventions and in my work i'm actually a jeweler by trade um i do most of my sales and marketing, I do that all at these conventions. So I'm I'm really familiar with how these things work. And I've, I've spoken at quite a few of them. But I was like, online, how are you going to replicate that feel? And I don't know how, but there was there was real magic that weekend, meeting people, you know, like you see the same people in different chat rooms. So there was definitely that feeling of like being able to run into somebody have conversations, a lot of exciting conversations that propped up around each topic we were talking about. And it was so much fun to meet different enthusiasts, different people that were behind the scenes, that were designers and creators and and owners. And there was a lot of mix of talking shop between the people who create and own them, but also between the enthusiasts. And it was so much fun for everyone.
0: That's how it felt for us. It was just, you know, some of it was what we did and some of it was just the magic of the community, the tribe that is escape room people, whether they're owners or fans, it was just something is truly wonderful about it i remember i mean we were terrified when it started we were just afraid that no one would even show up (laughs) the first session started and the discord chat was rolling so fast keeping up with it felt like reading the matrix and um i was just blown away by the level of engagement and enthusiasm that everybody had text messages and emails started coming in just being like, hey, I feel more connected to people here than I do at a lot of the real life stuff I've been to.
1: In some ways, it's easier sometimes to jump into a conversation when it's a chat, right? Say like if you're at a convention, and like there's a bunch of people standing around talking and you're like, I kind of want to join this conversation, but it's intimidating. And you kind of remove that barrier of like, a wall of backs of people standing around in a circle talking because it's it's an online chat, so it was a lot easier for people to intermingle and and just jump into a conversation.
0: My favorite part of the whole thing was that at the end of the first night, a whole bunch of people, um, you were one of them, started turning the video chat rooms in Discord into like little bars, and people just started <laughs> like hanging out and eating dinner and having drinks together. Errol from the Room Escape Divas started doing karaoke and it was it was just it was wild to see this blossom into the social environment
1: oh i always need to decompress after after a big event like that you guys have no idea i was pestering david and lisa and i was like where are the after parties i was like i need an after party for recon we need an after party
0: (laughs) It was so cool that it emerged from the community itself because that was one of the things that like we ran out of time to really think through how we were going to do it. And so it was left on the cutting room floor and everyone just kind of popped in and made it into its own thing.
1: It was a fun time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, and and you know what was cool was that a lot of people asked if you were going to continue doing recon virtually, even if you were able to do a physical convention, because there were people that, you know, like I said, that joined from all around the world that were like, I might not be able to travel or even come into the US for a convention, but I'd still like to participate online.
0: We heard that loud and clear. And I I can't make any like official announcements about what is happening and how, but there will be a digital recon in 2021 in some way shape or form we're still figuring out exactly what it looks like but we realized that there was magic in the air and we need to keep growing that concept because there we stumbled upon something really special by being forced to change
1: just like all of these other virtual escape rooms and everything else that's happened and over this quarantine it's I i think it's actually been amazing for creativity
0: it has been i mean it's been a tragedy financially for a lot of creators, um, for a lot of escape rooms, just small businesses, just people in general. There have been some really interesting creative things that have emerged from this
1: so, David, after we've gone through um, like all these 10,000 things on your plate, and uh, <laughs> I'd like to know why you decided to add one more. So, what is Reality Escape Pod? What is this podcast going to be about?
0: I've been wanting to do a podcast as part of Room Escape Artist for years. I actually recorded an episode or two uh, of a prototype podcast back in 2018, and I just didn't have bandwidth it's been something that i've wanted to do for a really long time the hope here is i get to have really wonderful conversations with so many different creative people both players and and creators and people from all over the gaming world and i keep feeling like i want to share those conversations with with more people i want people to be able to hear the stuff that's being said and so that's that's really where where this is coming from and the hope is that it's not just going to be escape room we're going to be looking at different elements of gaming and it's always going to come back to escape rooms are the roots but i feel like escape rooms are a melting pot of different gaming conventions and tropes and tools and if you can make it work in a board game there's something to learn for an escape room designer that's my hope is to to bring in really interesting folks have wonderful conversations and share them with the world
1: Right. And like so many of the things that are coming out nowadays are you don't even know how to necessarily define them. It's all just kind of this immersive entertainment because, you know, especially with the advent of all of these Avatar led games, I feel like now more than ever, a lot of these experiences have turned into kind of immersive theater. You know, it's it's just this whole, you're role-playing, you're immersed in this whole new fantasy world. I like immersive theater, but I always like feeling like I have something to do, right? Like there is a mystery I'm unraveling. There is this puzzle I need to figure out.
0: I fully agree with you. We love going to immersive theater. I love the stuff that gives me agency, the stuff where the decisions that I make make the experience unique because I was there versus if someone else had my ticket things would have played out a little bit differently or significantly differently Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I'm looking for and that's always been the line that we draw between what room escape artist covers versus stuff that we will be like hey friends over at no pro right when I was looking for co-host for this um, we just kept having so many great conversations and when I was talking about this idea with Lisa she was like you know I don't have the time to do a podcast. I don't have the time. And and this is also not really my medium. That was when I approached you and I was like, hey, let's, you know, how would you feel about recording our conversations and maybe bringing another person into them? <laughs>
1: Oh, man. I mean, so David originally approached me and he was like, I want to do really tightly edited 30 minute podcasts. And I was like, David, you know that our conversations go on for two plus hours about just one game. I was like, how are we going to contain this into 30 minutes? So we will figure out some kind of happy medium between our sprawling conversations and his vision.
0: It'll split the difference. My guess is we'll land at like 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. And so we are interested in exploring uh, all aspects of immersive gaming. I'm endlessly fascinated by every aspect, all the different genres, um, all the different aspects of this. Uh, And I I think this is going to be a really fun podcast.
0: I'm so excited about it. I think we're going to be bringing you some wonderful conversations over the coming episodes. And this whole concept will keep evolving with us as we learn and grow and make mistakes and figure out how to not make those again.
1: (laughs) I am so excited to be starting our podcast journey together. Likewise. If you're enjoying this podcast, you should join our Patreon. Some of the perks include a patrons-only Discord and exclusive bonus podcast content. Every podcast will have a companion after show where David and I talk about the interview we just recorded as well as chat more casually about games we've been playing, industry news, and, well, whatever we feel like, really. You can get access to this bonus content for only $5 a month, and a lot of times the after show is even longer than our interviews. If you are already a patron of Room Escape Artist, you'll automatically have access to this bonus content. We've also got something really fun planned for the $15 level, a monthly play-along. Every month, we'll pick a game for everyone to play. David and I will record our post-game thoughts, analysis, and discussion with spoilers. Because a lot of times we want to talk about the games, but it's so difficult to have meaningful discussion without being able to talk about the cool parts, uh, how the puzzle was solved, etc. So that's why we decided to start this level. Make sure you've played the game before listening and we can spoil to our heart's content. Now this content will be exclusive to $15 level backers.
0: We've got higher tiers as well. And we want to give a special shout out. Thank you to Ben Rosner. Brian Ressler, Dan Egnor, David Longley, Nick Moran, Omar Aru, Rini Soret, Richard Burns, and Byron Delmonico, Paula Swan, Rex Miller, Scott Olson, Breakout Games, Derek Tam, and Terry Pettigrew-Rolap. None of this work would have been possible without the support of all of our incredible patrons and the community at large. Thank you.
1: So if you like what we're doing and you want to support our mission of creating a global community of escape room and immersive gaming enthusiasts, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash room escape artist.
0: PG, thanks for starting this adventure with me and I am so eager to get a first guest on and continue the conversation. So until next time.
1: See you guys. Bye.